joins us. We are doing a quick wrap-up of the England-India ODI series, and then we'll move into our IPL preview. As always, it'll be three tiers of teams, break the teams down in each tier, and then do final predictions of the four playoff teams, as well as the champion. But we'll start quickly with India's 2-1 to ODI series win over England. So India takes all three formats. They got the Test Series, the T20 Series, and now the ODI Series. For me personally, from England's standpoint, Joe Root didn't play, Jofra Archer didn't play, and Chris Wilkes didn't play. So from England's standpoint, there wasn't really a whole lot to learn, uh, in my opinion. I think England's top order showed why they are so good, and their middle order left a lot to be desired. I think Sam Curran had a good final match to prove that he could be an all-rounder down the line. But other than that, I think for England, there wasn't much to gain from this series without three of their more uh, more substantial players uh, missing time. From India's perspective, they got a lot of great performances from their bowlers, and the lower order batting really stepped up with KL Rahul, Rishabh Bunt, Hardik Bandia. I think they all had good innings in that ODI series. So I think for, for India, there was some, some stuff to take away, but for England, really, in my opinion, there was really nothing much they could have gained from this series. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned that they missed Joe Root, Joe Flash, Chris Wokes. They even missed Ian Morgan and Sam Billings in the last two games because they had to go to David Mullan and uh, uh, Liam Livingstone. Livingstone looked a bit, uh, uh, looked a good player in whatever we saw of him. 30 odd runs in the last ODI and uh, 25 in the second ODI. But apart from that, as you mentioned, nothing much to gain. Tom Curran was getting smashed here and there. Mark Wood uh, was one of the big, of, one of the big of their bowlers but apart from that nothing for England and uh, India as you mentioned uh, fabulous batting performances from the lower middle order Kale Rahul Rishabh Pant Hardik Pandey even Kronal Pandey in the first game scoring that quick fire 50 of just 30 odd balls but one concerning factor for India would be their wide ball spin bowlers I mean uh, if you consider even the T20 format the likes of Chahal and Kuldeep are, are slowly getting away Chahal was dropped after the 30-20 I Kuldeep getting smashed in the first two ODIs Rahul Chahal doing nothing significant. Kronal Pandya doesn't look a 10-over bowler and Washington Sundar as well. From whatever we saw in the last two D20Is, he was getting smacked as well. So, India really need to look into their wide ball spin bowlers. Their quick bowlers were looking absolutely brilliant. So, one positive to take away from this for India is six consecutive ODIs with a score of 300-plus. I think they're they're batting really fired. Uh, Especially, you know, like Rohit didn't fire, but he still still a top-class opener. Uh, Kohli fired after the first two matches, and uh, they got a lot of help from, you know, the youngsters. And so that's, they have their own bat deep, hashtag bat deep lineup. Yeah, I think it was good from a from a batting perspective for India, and I think it was important for them to be able to defend those totals. I think both times that they won, they defended 300-run totals, and, and that's important down the line when you play in a 50-over World Cup, and, and you're trying to win that against the reigning champs that that England are, that's going to be very helpful for them. Uh, From England's standpoint, though, I just felt that there was really nothing to gain as far as a measuring stick. I think Sam Curran had a a big game, as I mentioned, and I think 
you know, he has that all-rounder potential. It was important for him to show with the bat that he could finally do something. He has really struggled with the bat uh, in his career so far, so it was important for him to have that innings. From India's perspective, I think Shubham made a good point. Their spinners really didn't click, and they're going to have to find some sort of spinner to perform in in the uh, ODI format. But their quicks played well, and they were always able to deliver a breakthrough whenever goalie went to a different pace bowler they were able to get it done. So I think they have options and maybe that spinner, if you have a bunch of pace bowlers who can, you know, take speed off the ball and have a lot of variations, maybe you don't even need a spinner. Who knows? We'll see what they decide to do down the line. But any other major concerns for you guys for either team after this ODI series? I think Josh Butler's form leading into the IPL would be a concern for Rajasthan Royals. Apart from that, I don't think... Uh, any concerns for both the teams. That'll wrap up our discussion on the India-England ODI series. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll dive into our IPL preview. We'll start in Tier 3. I think there's going to be one team that all of us have in there. You're listening to the Follow-On Podcast here on followoncricket.com. To the follow-on podcast here at com. You can check us out on Facebook at The Follow-On. Follow us on Twitter at The Follow-On. And subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. We're talking IPL. We're previewing the IPL. And as always, we break the teams down into three tiers. And we analyze them from there. We'll start in Tier 3. And I think one team is going to be in this tier for everybody. I have them in Tier 3. They are... The Chennai Super Kings, the dynasty that was, that seems to be slipping away. I have no idea what they're doing. They have a lot of great players on paper. A lot of great grandpas. On paper. They have a lot of great players. But when you look at the numbers and you look at the historic performances and you look at specifically last year's performance, I think they're going to really struggle this season. And they're not playing at home. They don't have that Chennai atmosphere which I think is so important for them. I think they're going to really struggle and it's going to be a tough one for Dhoni and his crew because they really don't have that explosive batsman at the top of the order. I know Faf had a great 2020 IPL, but he needs somebody up there and I don't think Rhino's going to cut it. I know he's coming back after a big break, but I don't think he's going to get the job done. And they spent big on Moin Ali and Krishna Pagotham. I don't think either of those guys are going to pan out. I think they're limited all-rounders at best. And, you know, maybe they prove me wrong, but I think this is a team that is going to really struggle to put runs on the board. And their bowlers are going to have to defend some low totals. And I just don't think that's a way to win when you don't have the atmosphere and you don't have the ground conditions that you would normally have. They're built specifically for Chennai, and they're not going to be playing in Chennai. So... This is going to be a rough season for them. Uh, you hit the nail on the head, Jinmei. Uh, I don't really have anything to add. I think they're going to struggle most. I mean, obviously they could surprise, but, you know, old veterans past their prime. Uh, they don't have that it factor anymore. And I think that it's not a surprise when, you know, every analyst ever puts them bottom of the barrel for this year's IPL. Yeah, completely agree with both of you. As Jinmei mentioned, they play five games at Mumbai, which is completely different to what you expect in Chennai. 
the ball will not turn in mumbai you need pacers they they don't have a lot of overseas pacers even josh hazelwood pulled out of the ipl so lungi ngidi is the only option even he comes late so he will miss a couple of games so yeah uh, you completely uh, the nail on the coffin as uh, ashay mentioned again no crowds is also something that doesn't help chennai because the as chinmay mentioned even though suresh raina uh, is making a comeback hasn't really played any competitive cricket yes he played the said mustaq ali trophy didn't really look it look impressive apart from that even ms dhoni and ambati raidu haven't played a lot of cricket so the middle order will struggle but i think that moin ali is a great addition because uh, he can strike really really cold against the spinners in the middle overs he has strike rate of over 170 Uh, against all types of spin so if he can come good he can uh, bring some uh, uh, some power in the middle overs but apart from that i don't see anybody else really firing i will say that if there is a group of players with their backs against the wall that you don't want to put in that position it is this group they have a lot of experienced players and it seems like everybody is writing them off and just when you write off this group of players they seem to deliver a big time performances again and again so i will say that they do have that going for them but it's going to be a, a huge uphill climb so i think all of us have him in tier 3 anish had him in tier 4 he he made a separate tier for chennai super kings at the bottom of the barrel but i put them in tier 3 any other tier 3 teams for you guys If you're going with Anish's tier four, then like KKR is pretty bad. Uh, they really are dependent on Andre Russell firing, I think. Um, and he's been, you know, injury laden lately. Of course, he's always capable of fireworks. Um, he could easily, like, he could win, you know, like the most valuable player in the IPL. But he could also just be very inconsistent, and then that would lead to KKR not being, not you know, not not making the top four. I don't have KKR in tier 3, so I'm going to shelve the discussion on them for future tier. Shubham, how about you? Yeah, same no other team in tier 3, obviously no KKR as well. Okay, I have one other team in tier 3, but I think they're significantly better than CSK and I think they have potential to compete with the tier 2 teams for a playoff spot and that is Rajasthan Royals. I think the pieces just don't seem to fit for them. I don't know why because they have talented players and they have a lineup that on paper is good enough to compete with anybody but the the pieces just don't seem to fit they just don't seem to fire at the right times I think Rahul Tewatia had an like played played like played out of his mind last season and I yeah, don't he think he's going to repeat that type of performance Jafar Archer we don't know what his status is going to be If he's even going to play in the IPL, it looks like he's going to miss at least the first four games for sure. May even miss more. The big signing, Chris Morris. I just don't think Chris Morris is that good of a batsman. He has never scored more than 200 runs in an IPL season. So you're really counting on him to deliver with the ball. And as we've seen historically, high-priced bowlers in the auction typically don't deliver top 10, top 15 performances. It's very difficult for them to deliver on that high price tag. I think Rajasthan Royals have a better roster than CSK. I think they have plenty of talent and Butler and Stokes are match winners, no doubt about it. Sanju Samson again, another match winner. But I just don't think they are able to click 
at the right time for some reason. So I have them in tier three. I could easily see them competing for a playoff spot down the stretch. But for me, they're a tier three team right now. Uh, for me, Rajasthan Royals are in uh, tier two because, as you mentioned, they have a couple of match winners. Uh, even though, but Jofra Archer is a huge miss because. Uh, Jofra Archer was 50% of the bowling last year. Let's be honest, he was the best bowler in the power play, he was the best yeah. bowler for RR and he won the most valuable player award as well. So, Jofra Archer not being there is a huge, huge loss for Rajasthan Royals. Chris Morris is a good addition because he had the best economy rate in the death overs last season, 7.69, even though he bowled only 10.4 overs. But that's pretty good. Uh, Shivam Dubey is a good addition if he can uh, fire in that middle order. Uh, he can, if he can come good, that middle order looks strong with Rian Parag, Rahul Devatek, Morris. You said Morris hasn't scored a lot of runs, but he can sometimes be really good at the death. And uh, from what I know, Ian uh, Morgan in, in, in an interview for Sky Sports said that Butler and Stokes are going to open in the IPL. Even though they don't play for his team, he has just announced that. So, if Butler and Stokes come good with Samson at 3, that's a top heavy batting lineup, and if they can fire, then you know that it's gonna be uh, really difficult for the opposition teams to stop them. Honestly, like that's a pretty star-studded top three, and you know, like the odd game, you know, maybe two out of the fourteen games they fire, and they're gonna they'll put up like two forty. But I, I think that's 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 too much to expect of the top three when the middle order is kind of you know like subpar and. So much pressure might if they fail, like too much pressure would be on Tewadia, Dube, Rian Parag, he's a youngster too, so Yeah, I agree with what you guys said. I think they have the players to be a decent team. I just don't see it clicking for them uh, at the right time. Anish has Rajasthan Royals and Sunrisers as his other tier three teams. I've grouped Chennai in tier three for him, even though he has them. In Tier 4, we can make the distinction that they're clearly, on paper, the worst team. So let's jump into Tier 2 now. You guys both said you had Rajasthan Royals in Tier 2. A team that Anish had in Tier 3 that I have in Tier 2. This is a loaded tier for me. Is Sunrisers Hyderabad. I think they missed out on a chance to add some big-name players. But they got Jason Roy as a replacement for Mitchell Marsh. And I think that's huge for them. Roy is an absolute monster at the top of the order. And I think this gives them the opportunity to move Bearstow down into more of a lower order finisher role, which I think he's better suited for. And this could be huge for David Warner. Roy is the type of player who gets going quick. And Warner likes to build in innings a little more. And Roy having that explosiveness at the top can really take some pressure off David Warner. Rashid Khan, brilliant as always. He's going to be there. They're going to count heavily on on the young middle-order players again. I think Vijay Shankar is the key for them. He really needs to step up with the bat. So I don't think they're quite Tier 3 bad, but they missed out on a chance, I think, to get some big-time players to maybe move into that Tier 1, lower Tier 1 conversation. I have them in Tier 2. I think they're a very good team. They have plenty of talent. Uh, it just seems like they've kind of declined ever since they won that 2016 title. It's kind of been downhill for them. I've also got a loaded tier two. I've got four teams in there, and I'm going to name them from worst to best in my tier two. So I've got the Royals, I've got RCB, I've got Hyderabad, then I've got Kings, and the Kings 11, I think, are just like a small gap between them and tier one. So those are my four in tier two. 
sunrises for me are in tier 2 but i don't really agree with chinmay there because jason rao i don't really understand that signing they had johnny best to they have kane williamson and they have mohammad nabi so warner is playing rashid khan is playing williamson was brilliant in the last season so if if they want to play him only one spot remains that they might look to fill the middle order rather than go again at the top of the order they have rithiman saha who did well at the top of the order even abhishek sharma is somebody who opens the innings in the said mustaq ali trophy now i will tell you one more thing they play four, five games at chennai four at delhi which are slower surfaces so i would like to see mohammad nabi come into play rather than jason roy because roy struggles against spin even best to sometimes can be iffy against spin so i would i would like to see uh, Warner, Williamson, Nabi and Rashid. Nabi and Rashid would form a really great pairing at Chennai when the when, when the ball starts turning. So if they can get that combination right, uh, Sunrisers Hyderabad will be will be back at their best with especially Bhuvnesh uh, Kumar uh, coming back because they missed him last season. He got injured after four or five games and then they were really finding a fast bowler. They had to bring in Jason Holder for that. So. Williamson is battling an elbow injury, and I don't know how much he'll play in the IPL. I'm sure he'll get a few games, and I think Nubby will get a few games as well. They have a loaded international group, but they are going to rely heavily on, like you said, Abhishek Sharma. I think uh, Priyam Garg is another guy that they're going to really look at, and uh, Samad is another player that they're going to rely heavily on. Those three and Vijay Shankar, I think that's going to make or break Sunrisers' season. We'll go to the next team in Tier 2 that I had, and that is KKR. I don't quite think they're a Tier 3 team. I think they have made some good decisions, and I think there's some high variance with this group that could really push them uh, all the way to the playoffs and maybe even the championship. Russell, we know, is dangerous as ever. I think the Shakiba Hassan signing was one of the best signings of the auction, one of the most underrated signings, uh, totally under the radar, didn't get a lot of flash. But on his day, I mean, that's a dude who can win you four or five games with his bowling and his batting. I think Cummins is due for a bounce-back season. I think Morgan is also due for a bounce-back season. This is a game of regression to the mean. T20 is high variance and typically law of averages play out. So KKR is a team that I expect to really bounce back. I have them in Tier 2, but I think they're going to really surprise some people with how well they perform this season. Completely agree with you on that. As you mentioned, it's all about law of averages. And Andrew Russell can't have two bad seasons uh, back-to-back because last season he barely scored any runs, 117 odd runs in just 10 games. You expect a lot more from Russell. Even Karthik had a really, really bad season last year, 140 odd runs. So, if he can fire that 5-6 gets going, Ian Morgan, as you mentioned, at number 4. Shakti Balasan, great signing because Sunil Narayan, we all know, is uh, just tapering off. His bowling is not as good as it was and uh, his experiment at the top of the order is almost over. So, you might as well get in Shakti, play him at 3, maybe at 6, wherever you want. And he can give you 4 overs any day. The only concern for KKR will be their fast bowlers. Apart from Cummins, if Ferguson doesn't get the 11, which he won't, if uh, Shakib, Morgan, Russell and uh, uh, Cummins make the 11, then uh, fast bowling, Indian fast bowling is uh, inexperienced. Mavi Nagarkoti haven't sh- done anything significant. Krishna made his debut for India, but he has his uh, problems up at the top and Sandeep Warrior as well is a really a developed bowler. So, 
they uh, they picked up really a uh, uh, very few wickets in the last season 68 wickets which is the second lowest in the last season so they need to pick up more wickets and i think the spinners chakravarty uh, and shakib will be key for them yeah i think the sunil narayan experiment i think it's not almost over i think it is over i think they've understood that th- that is no longer sustainable it was good for one or two seasons but his bowling has dropped off so much that they can no longer afford to have him possibly score 15 runs in eight balls at the top of the innings. It's just not, it's not worth it anymore for them. And I think they have better batsmen who can fill that role. So I think KKR is, uh, is definitely going to move away from that, uh, from that experiment. Next team that I had in tier two, you guys have referenced them a little bit. Punjab Kings, they are taking a page out of the Tampa Bay Rays book. They are changing their name. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, for, for those of you who don't know, a Major League Baseball team here in the States, they were originally the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, and they took Devil out of their name. And the first season that they removed Devil from the name, they made the World Series. They have made two World Series since changing the name. And I think Punjab Kings have decided that that is the only thing left for them to do in order to find success in the IPL. They have a great batting lineup, but I think they're going to be counting on some inexperienced Indian batsmen who have not shown much really anywhere uh, to be uh, to be counted on in this type of season. They spent big on Jai Richardson, Riley Meredith, Moises Enriques. Nicholas Puran is going to get games. Chris Gale is probably going to get games. David Mullen has to get games. So I don't know who's going to have to sit out, and I don't know how their batting order is going to look with so many top-order players uh, playing for you know, two or three spots. It's going to be difficult. Someone's going to have to play out of their role, and we don't know how that's going to work. So I think there are some issues to be ironed out there for Punjab Kings. But as far as talent goes... They're definitely loaded, and they should have a good chance to make the playoffs this season. K.L. Rahul, I think he's going to have a monster year after uh, a disastrous T20 series against England. I think he's going to come out firing and really put on the runs this year. The only thing that would hold me back from them you know, winning it all is so much of the burden is on K.L. Rahul, and he can't, like, I don't know, it's hard to say. There's a lot to pinpoint, but I, I think it's difficult for him to accelerate when the burden of the pressure is on him and he can't accelerate and, you know, risk the shots when wickets are collapsing around him. And, yeah, it takes a while for him to get set, but then he also has a difficult time finding that next gear in the death overs. And that's why you see scores like 85 from like 80 balls for him. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with Ashish. If you go deep into his numbers, his strike rate is not that great. Yes, he scored six seventy runs, but a lot of innings were sixty five or fifty two, which are match losing innings rather than match winning innings. Because uh, his strike rate in the power play is around one thirty five, one forty, which drops down to ninety three in over seven to ten. That's something he has to look out for because the middle overs are especially where you have to go. You can go big against spinners, but uh, KL Rahul has just tried to uh, rotate strike and that hasn't worked because they are getting below part totals and they're losing at the end. Uh, 
uh, what uh, chinmay mentioned is the change uh, the change in the name always works it also worked with delhi daredevils they removed daredevil it became capitals they made the playoffs in 2019 uh, made the final in 2020 so that's something which always works uh, with each and every team so uh, they might make the playoffs this year one more thing which will go in their favor is five match five games at the chinnaswamy stadium so kl rahul mayank agarwal from karnataka that helps them this kl we all know loves the chinnaswamy stadium and puran as you mentioned has to be the next T20 superstar. I mean, he has all the talent. If he can consistently put up those performances, he is a definite match winner. Jair Richardson and Riley Meredith, the two quicks, but highly untested in these conditions. So, it will be interesting to watch them. And as you mentioned, no real finishers. 5-6 looks weak. They have spent a lot of money on Shah Rukh Khan, but uh, uh, inexperienced. So, uh, it will be difficult for him to get going from the first game. I think another thing to note with Punjab is regression of the mean working in their favor. I think last year they lost five or six games in the final over by a few wickets or a few runs. I think they lost a couple super over games. They might have won a super over game as well, but they were really bad in in close games. And that should flip in their favor, even if they go about 500, which is typically... Uh, what happens in, in really close games, you go about half and half, that should dramatically improve their record. They were, at the halfway point last season, they were performing way better than their record indicated. So I think that could flip for them this season. And you mentioned the, the inexperience in that middle order. I think the top of the order is just going to be so explosive that they're not going to really need, they're not going to need much from the middle order. But I do think they're going to have to figure out where all these top order batsmen play. Because when you look, you have... Kale Rahul, Mayank Agarwal, Chris Gale, Nicholas Puran, David Malan. I mean, that's five guys who typically play one through three, and they're going to have to play all the way to five. So it's going to be interesting to see how they juggle the lineup and try to get all these guys in because you spent that money for for those players. So, you know, you got to get them in. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they juggle uh, the lineup. But as Shubham mentioned, you know, the name change always seems to work. So I'm assuming they'll find a lineup that works and it has nothing to do with strategy. It has everything to do with the rebrand. So Punjab Kings uh, should be looking good here in the 2021 season. Next team in tier two for me, loaded tier. I believe Ashay also had them in tier two. That is RCB. I think this team is at the top of tier two. And I think they're going to be the biggest challengers to Mumbai Indians, who I think are clearly the favorites for IPL 2021. RCB is loaded, and they have a really strong Indian contingent. I know Devdutt Badikal has had some COVID issues. We don't know exactly what his situation is going to be. He should be good to go from the start, but we'll see how they handle that. They have Washington Sundar, Yuzvendra Chahal, Navdeep Saini, Mohamed Siraj, Virat Kohli, that's a really strong group right there. Their international buys were uh, were expensive with Glenn Maxwell and Kyle Jamison, but I think it's going to work out for them. And I think A.B. de Villiers really proved that he still has enough gas left in the tank. This is a team that's going to be really exciting, and I think they're at the top of Tier 2, and I think they're going to be eventually the biggest challengers to Mumbai Indians. RCB, uh, I would like to make a point here. They released Moin Ali and Chris Morris, which I think Morris was a better and cheaper player than Kyle Jamison. 
They paid 15 CR for Jamison uh, and Jamison is not a dead bowler. He is a power play bowler who will get you wickets up front. But who bowls at the death is again a question for them. They released Moin Ali for 1.7 CR and got Glenn Maxwell for 14.25 CR. Now again the same question. Moin Ali has been a really good IPL player. Whereas Maxwell has struggled over the last couple of seasons. So, they would have persisted with Moin Ali. But yes, if Maxwell goes wild, we all know what he can do. He can literally take you to the final single-handedly. Gambir and Ganguly called out Maxwell. And they literally said that the, main, the reason he's been on so many IPL teams is because he's a king of inconsistency. Like, yeah, he can win you a couple games. But I, I don't think he's shown, like, he's shown flashes, but he's never been consistent. Yeah, 2014 was the only season where he was consistent. He scored it. That was seven years ago, right? So, like, what have you done for me lately? So he's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I agree. Nothing, nothing apart from that in the last six, six years. And the the reason they got Maxwell is they wanted a boost in the middle overs because last year their uh, run rate in the middle overs was 6.93, which was the lowest in the tournament. But one real big positive for RCB is that Virat Kohli is opening the batting. I mean, you can't really get better than that because once Virat Kohli announces he's opening the batting, that means he's scoring 973 runs at a strike rate of 150 at an average of 81 with four centuries and eight half centuries. <laughs> So, so Shubham has already penciled in Virat for, uh, for 900 plus runs after he's opening the batting. Uh, that, that won't come back to haunt you, will it? I, I think you made some good points and I think the Maxwell point is, is 100% correct. Like I had said earlier, uh, after the auction, we had a reaction piece on, uh, on our website and I basically said, look, I don't think these teams really use analytics. I don't think they look at the numbers that much because all the numbers would suggest that Glenn Maxwell is not worth 14 crores. He might not even be worth 10 crores. He's probably not even worth five crores if we're being really honest from a number standpoint, you know? I think uh, this is yet again uh, another team saying we think we can get the best out of him. And who knows? They might. The one thing I will say is that there won't be that much pressure on him because he'll have a lot of other explosive batsmen around him. He'll have guys who will score runs and he'll only really be tasked with maybe playing out the last five, last four overs of a match. So I don't think there's going to be as much pressure on him as there was the last couple seasons. On the Jameson point, I think he's a good power play bowler. I think this is going to be his first real test. Uh, he performed really well in limited overs against India when he first saw that team. Granted, they were less than full strength, but I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting introduction uh, to the IPL for him, and we'll see how he performs. But I think that buy is going to turn out halfway decent for them, even though uh, the international numbers after he went for 15 crores haven't been so good. I think he is going to have some big games. In this IPL, any other tier two teams for you guys? Just before that, uh, I would like to make a point about Maxwell on how they see the analytics because I watched their video on uh, the uh, planning of the auction, and Mike Hessen, who is one of their key members, said that Maxwell has a strike rate of 160 in the middle overs, which is right. Uh, since 2014, he has a strike rate of 160 in the middle overs. But what he didn't see was his average, which was 2022, which is not good enough. You might get a better player with a better average, a slightly lower strike rate, but a better average, and then you would have a better player than Maxwell because spending 14.25 CR doesn't really make sense, as you mentioned. 
another tier 2 team i think uh, is uh, delhi capitals because they were in tier 1 last year made the finals last year but once again they have a huge miss shreyas iyer not not as a captain but as solid number 3 batsman because it leaves a question mark who bats there because if they get in rahane you don't really want him in a t20 team especially batting at 3 if he bats he has to open rabada and norke will uh, miss the first game because they are still in quarantine they played well out of the 14 games at good batting surfaces so the finger spinners ashwin and aksar might struggle even though aksar might miss a couple of games because of covid uh, and again they have what smith and sam billings they didn't really need both of them uh, one of them might have done the job uh, uh, billings is a better t20 player so i don't know why they bought steve smith for 2.2 cr uh, so number 3 spot is something which they need to sort out pretty quickly because if if they start collapsing there then they are in trouble but they have shaw and pant who are in great form but apart from that uh, the number 3 spot is something they need to look out and the indian pacers for they last year really struggled with mohit um, sharma avesh khan tushar deshpande and towards the end they went to pravin dubey the leg spinner yes they have ishan sharma and umesh yadav but they need to use them well because both of these bowlers are not good at depth uh, they are good power play bowlers so they have to use three of their four overs in the power play so that's something they need to look out i have delhi in tier 1 actually And I know that that may be a shock after the Shreyas Iyer injury and Oxer having COVID issues, but I do think they're still clearly the second best team. And I know that Iyer is a huge miss. I totally get it. He is arguably their best player, and it's going to be really tough to make up that production. Even in the aggregate, it's going to be really difficult for them. But I still think they have. one of the best if not the best pace bowling tandem with the South Africans with Rabada and Norte. I still think Shaw is going to bounce back after an inconsistent 2020 season. I think Dovan is again vying for a T20 World Cup spot. So I think he's going to have a huge IPL season. Rishabh Pant, we'll see how he treats captaincy, but he's going to be important for them and I think he's going to have a big season as well after missing some games uh, with an injury. The interesting de- decision for them is going to be with Steve Smith and Shimron Hetmyer and what they're going to do there because you know the two South Africans are going to play and you know Stoinis is going to play. So that means that there's only one more spot and it's either Hetmyer or Smith. I personally think they go Smith to balance out that batting lineup, but they could go Hetmyer if they feel they need more power. Ashwin is going to be key for them. We'll see what they do with that third pacer. and they're going to need an indian batsman to step up outside of shaw and bunt and dhawan is going to be uh, a key part of that but i think they're going to need somebody else to break through and step up for them to really push mumbai but i do think delhi is still above some of these other tier 2 teams i think they're going to be really good when the games matter most you talk about the way this ipl is being scheduled delhi's opening pod is with CSK Rajasthan Royals and Punjab Kings. They don't have their best team there, but the teams that they're playing to start are what we've determined as as some of the bottom teams in the IPL. So they don't necessarily have to have their best team out there to pick up some early wins and they're going to get their guys back when the competition gets better. So I think Delhi is in tier 1. I think they're going to be right there at the end. I actually also put Delhi in tier 1. They've got veterans from the last two runs, uh, playoff and finals run. 
Uh, maybe third time's a charm, but like you said, I don't think that they're. I don't. Not to sound like a like a uh, like a homer, but uh, Mumbai is up there. Clearly, there's a gap between Mumbai and the rest. I hope that doesn't jinx them. But Delhi, you know, they have the veterans from the last two runs, the recent runs. Their youth is Shreya Slider. Shreya Slider, notwithstanding, I think Bunt and Prithvi Shaw. Like you, you guys mentioned this earlier, but it's a re- return to the mean. And those guys should have solid seasons. Remind me where they're playing in most of their games. Five of their games are in Mumbai, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that Mumbai pitch is good for their batsmen, top and middle order, to be able to, be able to play off that quicker, relatively quicker IPL pitch. So, yeah, I think I think they, they, I think they make the playoffs. They have a shot at the finals. Let's see if they're time to turn for them. Jinmay, just quickly, you mentioned Smith at number three. How about Billings at number three? Because... He's a better T20 player than Smith, and he can even take on the spinners if required. Yeah, I think Billings is an option. Again, I think they have options, and that's something that a lot of these other teams don't have. And yeah. they're they're going to have chances to iron things out. Like I said, they have issues right now, immediate issues, right, with quarantine, COVID, injury. They have concerns right now, but they don't have to sort that out within the first five or six games. They're going to be fine for the first five or six games because they're playing some really bad teams. And everyone's going to be struggling in those first five or six games to figure things out. So I think Delhi has enough talent to withstand some of this early uh, adversity, if you will. But I think they're going to be right there at the end because they have the talent. They have the players to go toe-to-toe with Mumbai. I think if Ayer was healthy, I would probably pick them to win it all. But... He is out, and I think that drops them uh, to just a level below Mumbai. Anish, in his Tier 2, he had Punjab, Delhi, and RCB. Now let's move. Uh, any any other teams in Tier 2 before we uh, move on? No. Okay, so Tier 1, uh, Anish had KKR in Tier 1, so a total shift from where uh, Ashe was. I'm kind of with Anish on this. I think they're closer to Tier 1 than Tier 3. But Mumbai Indians, this is the team that everyone has in Tier 1, and it's no surprise why. They're returning. Their top 10 guys are, are all coming back, and they've performed extremely well. They have continuity. They have production that has not declined. Rohit Sharma, Quinton Dekak, Suryakumar Yadav, Ishan Kishan, the Pandya brothers, Pollard, Bolt, Bumrah, Chahar. They have it. They have the team to go win the third title. Uh, Nisham was a huge buy for them. I think that was an absolute steal of the auction along with Shakib uh, for 50 lakhs. I think they got him. Uh, he's going to be huge for them in the lower order if they decide to play him instead of Coulter Nile. I don't think they can really go wrong either way, but I think Nisham is the better bet to be in their optimal 11. I think the biggest concern for them is just injuries and regression. That's the only thing that I think can stop this team. Other than that, I can't see anyone beating them in the playoffs or the final. Uh, Anish mentioned about a tier four for Chennai Super Kings. If possible, let's make a like a champion tier for Mumbai Indians because they, they are just way ahead of the other seven teams. So yeah, you just said all the points. Mumbai Indians once again really looking great. Uh, you mentioned about injuries and uh, regressions. One more thing which might uh, give a problem there to them is five games at Chennai and. Uh, 
if there is one department where they are a bit weak it's the spin bowling department kunal pandya six wickets in 16 matches last year not that great chur was good but apart from that they have jayant yadav and pius chawla is a good buy but apart from that the spinners are not that great so if the ball starts turning in chennai that's something they might look out for they might have to rethink their strategy of playing three paces and two spinners as to three spinners and two paces pius chawla still exists for those of you who are yeah. wondering so <laughs> So that's um yeah that's a nice little uh that's a nice little nugget. Thanks for that. Ashay? Uh I mean not to sound like a homer but I guess we're all from rooting for Mumbai. But uh they are, you know, top of the line this year. Wouldn't be surprised if they repeated and had a three-peat. Uh maybe they've broken that odd year curse. I think yeah, like like Shubham said, brought back all their players um Actually, one stat, just the, one statistic that uh, stood out to me was Rohit Sharma actually hasn't performed that well in the last four IPLs, and and the uh, the thing is that his leadership is what makes him. You know, he knows how to rotate bowlers, uh, rotate part timers, have have like have his critical bowlers bowl to death. Knows how to accelerate. You know, the batsman while whether he's in the middle or whether he's from the dressing room, maybe he's due for a good season. Maybe he will get a five hundred, six hundred run season because it's been four years since he has, and. If anything, like yeah, I mean, no one would be surprised if they won it again. I think a couple of things to talk about for Mumbai. No one has ever three-peated in the IPL. It's very difficult to win two championships in a, in a row, let alone three. They they had nearly all the important advanced metrics, as in like strike rate in the death overs in terms of batting and bowling, actually. Um, they take key wickets at key time, you know, opportune times, great partnerships on the bowling side. Advantage they know how to like if Quinn Dikog, Suri Kumar Yadav, um, Hardik Pandya, Ishan Kishan, you know, or stick around till the end. Even Kunal, they know, uh, Pollard obviously he can't go unnamed. Uh, they have by and far the the largest strike rate and the highest averages in the death overs, um, and they're also very decent in the very very uh they're a plus in the power play as well. So they have good foundation and they also have good finishes, and that's why. Those are the metrics that really matter at the end of the day. They 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 blast other teams out of the water with those. Yeah, they have the metrics. Not yeah. doubting that. They have the talent. I'm just talking historically. It's very hard to win two titles in a row, let alone three. It's never been done before. In fact, only one other team has went to even three straight championship games. That was Chennai back in their heyday. They went to four straight. Mumbai has the talent. They have the players to get it done. No doubt about that. They come in as the favorites. The one thing that will hinder them, I think, is they are notoriously slow starters. Last IPL, they were screwing around with Saurabh Tiwari for a couple games before Ishan Kishan came in. I don't think, I don't think they're going to do that again. But I do think that they're notoriously slow starters in IPLs and. And I think they just wanted a similar body over there to trick other people. <laughs> <laughs> their, their opening pod is a little bit tricky. They have KKR, Sunrisers, and RCB. So if they slip up a little bit early, that could put some pressure on them. And Don't they always start off slow? And then yeah, exactly. Up? But I think the talent that they're going up against when, they, when they're starting off in this, in this opening pod is, is a lot more difficult than what they would normally go through. Normally, you don't play... We talked about their last year's last fall IPL because of COVID. Uh, they had a hard opening pod as well. They had, I think they had four straight difficult matches. 
Normally you get a couple of cupcake games in your first five. They're not going to have that. They're going to have some really difficult games early on. And they they might not win, you know, even two games early. Uh, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be really difficult for them. I think these are some teams that are really gunning for them. And, you know, they have a target on their back. They're going to take everyone's best shot. It's going to be really tough. I would not be surprised at all if they falter uh, down the stretch somewhere. It's really difficult to win three in a row. It's really difficult to get to three straight finals. It's never been done before aside from Chennai. Only one other team, literally the greatest IPL team of all time, went to four straight finals. I respect the analysis from a historical perspective. I think every season is a blank slate. And so it's all just, you know, wax poetic to say, oh, like no team has done it. So there's always could be a first. And, you know, people like when you're in the middle of the season or in the beginning of the playoffs, you're not thinking to, oh, I won it the last two times. No, no, no. They're, no, they're the favorite. Don't get me wrong. They're the yeah. favorite. They're the favorite by a mile and a half. They're, that's that's just analysts uh, finding out, trying to poke holes in, you know, their narrative, their analysis of Mumbai Indians. And uh, to be fair, like to be honest, I don't think I've seen a team that's more head and shoulders above the rest of the group um, you know, before the IPO like this. I think Chennai in their heyday was definitely head and shoulders above everybody. But yeah, I mean, this is this is as close as it gets to that team, in my opinion. One other point on Mumbai Indians that I wanted to talk about. Arjun Tendulkar, he got picked up in the auction by Mumbai. He's not going to play a game. Uh, a lot of people have wondered whether he's going to play or not. He's not going to play a game unless something goes really south for Mumbai's roster. But... From a development standpoint, if there was one team where he could really develop into a decent player one day, this is the situation for him. He's going to be learning from Bolt and Bumrah. He's going to be competing with some of the best batsmen. He's going to have Rohit Sharma in his ear. And Mumbai has a history with developing talent, not just with Ishan Kishan and Suryakumar Yadav. If you guys remember, Nicholas Puran was originally picked up by Mumbai Indians. I believe Ambati Raidu, in some of his most productive years, was a Mumbai Indians player. So they have a history of developing talented players. Even Rahul Chahar and Mayank Markande, who's, who's no longer with Mumbai, you know, they had some really successful years. So if there was ever a situation for Arjun Tendulkar to really develop into a big-time player... This is it. It doesn't get more perfect than this. He's going to have no pressure. He's not going to play in any games unless things go really terribly. Or Mumbai has won every single game and they don't really care about the last few. Maybe he'll get a game in there. But this is the perfect situation for him. And let's see what he does. Yeah, a couple of more players in that list. Yuzvendra Chehel was first picked by Mumbai Indians. Even Kuldeep Yadav was a net bowler at Mumbai Indians very early days. Sanju Samson, I think... Uh, was there as well. So these are a couple of players who they have uh, noticed pretty early and then backed, uh, maybe not backed them uh, for a couple of years, but they have seen them had their in their squad at least for a season and then obviously they have become better players. And I think that environment alone is going to do wonders for him, right? It's not just the matches. You don't necessarily need that match experience all the time. He's going to be learning from the top international players in the game. And there's going to be no real pressure on him to perform. So great situation for him. And I think uh, let's see let's see what he ends up doing. It's prediction time here. 
and I'll read off Anish's predictions. He has KKR, RCB, Mumbai, and Punjab as his playoff teams, and he has Mumbai beating RCB in the final to lift a third straight championship. Ashay, how about you? What are your playoff teams and your champion? I've got Mumbai, Delhi, Kings, and I'm a toss-up between Hyderabad and RCB. I'm going to go Hyderabad. And I think Mumbai and Delhi in the finals again for a repeat, and Mumbai will win. And I think it'll be again, it'll be one worse too. Mumbai, obviously, there. Delhi, the second team. Sunrises Hyderabad for me. And uh, as I mentioned, the name change works. So, Punjab Kings have to make the playoffs to see. And uh, uh, MI versus SRH final. And I think MI will uh, do a hat trick. I'm going to be a little different just for the sake of diversity here on this podcast. I'm going to go Mumbai, Delhi, RCB, and KKR in that final four. And I'm going to go with Mumbai and Delhi in the final. But I'm going to go with Delhi winning it. I think we have an upset in the final. And I am going to go out on a limb. I think Mumbai is clearly uh, head and shoulders above everybody. But I think we're going to have an upset in the final. That's going to do it for us here on this IPL preview. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and as always, all of our content at followoncricket.com.